Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. He purchased us with His blood shed on that cross. That's how valuable you are to Him. So understand now redeemed in this context. So what Paul is saying here is that the time we have and with it the opportunity we have are of great redemptive value. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ephesians. Every human being is of great value to God. He gave His beloved Son to purchase our salvation and bring us into intimacy with Him. As Pastor J.D. reminds us in today's message, we only have a short time on this earth, and we're a vital part of God's plan to bring redemption to as many lost people as possible. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Ephesians chapter 5 with part 2 of his message, Being Wise in Evil Days. I've confessed this, so, you know, Lord knows my heart and how it is that my sanctification flees from me when I get behind the wheel. And it's always on my way to church when I'm praising God and I'm praying and, you know, it's, it's just great time. It takes me 22 minutes to get from where I live to the church. And those are the most valuable 22 minutes, uh, that I have. And the enemy is right there to have, uh, you know, (laughs) a messenger from Satan cut me off and slow me down and, you know, tailgate me. That's the worst. No, that's the worst. And again, I've confessed that. I think it was a couple weeks ago. You can get the CD or watch it online. I I was very honest with you about uh, how I feel about uh, demonic tailgating. And so (laughs) so I'm going to use a a driving uh, in traffic illustration. Okay? So I need to drive circumspectly. Okay? So I'm driving and I'm aware of the car that's in my blind spot. That's demonic too, I'm convinced, right? And it's, it's, it's intentional. It's an, I remember uh, driver's ed. My uh, driving instructor always stressed, never drive in somebody's blind spot. I don't think they took that driver's ed class because they're driving in my blind spot. And that's dangerous, right? So if I'm unaware of it, I could get into an accident because of it. And that's what Paul is saying here. This is how in our Christian lives we must be circumspect with respect to the world around us. Lest we crash and burn, if I can say it that way. The second observation has to do with why. Why we're to live circumspectly? Why we're to live in this manner? The answer to the why question is in verse 16 where Paul says it's because the days are evil. That's why. 
We need to be even more circumspect because of the evil day in which we live. In other words, because it's an evil world, and certainly it is an evil world, we need to be wise and not live our lives foolishly. And I realize that saying that sounds like a firm grasp of the obvious, but notice verse 17. Verse 17 gives us more of an understanding as to why it is, and it's related to the Lord's will for us. Simply put, it's God's will that we live circumspectly in these evil days. And here's why. Listen, because God loves us and he doesn't want for us to suffer needlessly in this evil world. Think of it as an earthly parent towards their children. How you pray for protection for them from harm and danger, especially when they're in the world, not of the world. But you don't want your children, as an earthly parent, to suffer needlessly, unnecessarily. You want them to be wise. You want them to have wisdom to walk circumspectly, if you please. You know, I find myself sort of talking about this every week, and maybe somebody needs to hear this today, and you, you need to know that God loves you so much. And he's grieved when you hurt. He's grieved when you hurt, and he's grieved when you foolishly, not being wise, are injured and harmed because of that folly. He's, he's wanting to spare us from that. He wants to protect us from that happening. We are in the world, not of the world. We're sent out as sheep into the world. It's this third observation that, to me, really sums it up. And this is what I really want to spend the remainder of our time talking about. And it just happens to be that word time. Paul says, redeem the time. And he says, why? Redeem the time because the days are evil. Now, redeemed is a most interesting word because it has the idea of buying back that which is perceived as having value. We understand it in the context of salvation by way of redemption. That God so loved the world, God so valued the world, He sent His only begotten Son to save us, to redeem us, to buy us back, paying in full. He purchased us with his blood shed on that cross. That's how valuable you are to him. So 
Understand now redeemed in this context. So what Paul is saying here is that the time we have and with it the opportunity we have are of great redemptive value. Now think this through with me. I would suggest that the reason time, time is so valuable is because of that age-old principle of supply and demand. Stay with me. An increased demand will bring about a depletion of supply, which in turn propels an increase of value. In other words, the more you have of something, the less you value that something that you have plenty of. And it works the other way. The less that you have of something, the more you value, the less that you have of that something. I know that's not proper English, but you get the point, right? This is why time is so valuable. The supply is disproportionate to the demand. And when you're running out of time, you'll value time. Because there's not much time left. I need to redeem the time. In other words, time now, and especially, can we talk? Those of us who are, well, older, you young people, can you just hang tight with us for just a moment? The older you get, the more you value time, right? The more you value time as you get older is because you don't have much time left. That's called supply (laughs) demand. Turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. I want to draw your attention to chapter 24 and verses 45 through 51. One of my all-time favorite parables that Jesus taught. Jesus' teaching says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at, interesting, the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth. He will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But, verse 48, suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day, might I add, at a time, time, when he does not expect him, and at an hour, an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Wow. The reason this particular parable is one of my all-time favorites is because it speaks to the wisdom of redeeming time, valuing time, and the foolishness of devaluing time. Devaluing time. Interesting to note that the foolish and wicked servant devalued time because he thought he had plenty of time. Again, supply-demand. He thought he had plenty of a supply of, if you will, time. So thus, time was not as valuable as it was to the faithful servant who valued and redeemed the time. Why? Because he knew the time was short. Time is short. And because time is short, then would to God that we would be like this wise and faithful servant who clearly lived with urgency and expectancy. That's why, by the way, he was found faithful when his master returned. And isn't it interesting, the contrast, so stark, so dramatic, the contrast. The wicked servant was completely caught off guard. He was not expecting it. Wait a minute. Whoa, I thought we had plenty of time. And the righteous servant, the wise servant, dare I say the circumspect servant. I know I just spit on everybody. By the way, that's why nobody sits in those front seats. Did you know that? If you do, you get a free baptism right there. No, no charge in Jesus' name. Okay, I digress. The contrast is just, I mean, it is remarkable. <laughs> and this is exactly what Paul is saying in our text. Paul is drawing upon the same contrast between the faithful servant and the wicked servant. See, the wicked servant lived this way. And perhaps you've heard it said, no hurry, no worry, party on. And is that not what he did? I, got, I don't have to get serious about the things of God. I got plenty of time. I'm going to sow my wild oats, whatever that means. You know, I, I, I have time. And so what does he do? He eats, drinks, parties, lives a rowdy life. Totally unaware. Why is he unaware? <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on around him. Oh, what's going on around him? Oh, evil. The days are evil. And when you circumspectly, circularly, is that a word? Let's say it is. Circularly, <laughs> look around you and are aware of everything that is happening, you realize just how evil the day is. And as such, just how short the time is also. And so Paul is exhorting them then and us now to be wise, redeem the valuable time, and make the most of every opportunity while there's still time. 
There's still time. Not much. But I think we do err greatly when, like this wicked servant, we believe, better said, have been deceived into thinking that there's no hurry. There's a fictitious account that's told. I uh, forget who uh, had it in their commentary. It's immaterial anyway, but it basically goes like this. This is the gist of it. So there's an emergency meeting that Satan calls for all of his demons to attend. There's a serious problem. Uh, people are coming to Christ, and we got to do something, and we got to do something fast. You know, uh, Revelation 12 says that Satan knows he has but a short time. He's trying to do something about the short time that he has. That should tell you something. So basically the, the meeting was because of the urgency and the seriousness of people coming to Christ. So he opens it up. What are we going to do? One of the demons uh, speaks up and says, I know. We'll tell them there's no heaven. Satan says, nah, it's not going to work. I mean, the whole creation screams of a creator, praising their creator. There's no way. I mean, you might get some, but you're not going to get them all that way. So another demon speaks up and says, okay, instead of telling them no heaven, let's tell them there's no hell. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We're all going to go to a better place. We're all going to go to heaven. There's no hell, no problem, no worry. Satan says, now, innate within man, as God created man, there is this understanding of the justice of God, the judgment of God. So Satan finally says, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's not no heaven. It's not no hell. Instead, it's just going to be no hurry. No hurry. That's what we're going to do. And boy, has he. When you're sharing the gospel with somebody, isn't that what ends up coming up most of the time? There's still time. There's still time. He has succeeded in this deceptive campaign. Let me say, lastly, that like with this wise servant, I will be wise, proportionate to how I live with urgency, redeeming the time. Let me say again the same thing in a different way. The way I'm going to live wisely and circumspectly will be evidenced by how I view and value the time that I have. If I believe that time is short, I'm going to wise up. I'm going to wake up. There's not much time. And again, it goes the other way too. If I don't have that urgency, well, it's a pretty good indication that I don't value time. And here's the thing. Let me say it this way. Bear with me. But the reason I don't value time is because I 
think I still have more time. And the reason I think I still have more time is because I'm not seeing what's going on around me, which screams in volumes, there's not much time. You know, one of the things that has really uh, hit me uh, in in recent weeks is that the non-believer knows something is up. The non-believer is asking questions, and we are to give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. Are you kidding me? You don't think that the non-believer isn't watching what's happening in the world today? How about what's happening in the United States of America today? They know what's going on around them. Their head's not buried in the sand. They're very aware of what's happening. And what do they surmise from that? What do they conclude from that? They conclude from that that this must be a sign of the times. That's a wake-up call, isn't it? And so you show me somebody that devalues time, has no urgency, there's no expectancy, there's no seriousness concerning the things of God, I'll show you somebody that is completely unaware of what's happening all around. Because if they were aware, they'd wise up. Because they would see, circumspectly. I want to end with this proverb. It's 1320. I think it says it all. And again, it speaks to the why behind the what of walking circumspectly. Never imagine that God says, walk circumspectly because I am God and I have commanded thee. No. It's more like this. And again, I know we've been talking about this as of late, but maybe for good reason. It's more like this. I love you so much as your loving Heavenly Father. And I cannot sit idly by as you foolishly forge ahead into harm and danger. Listen to the proverb, the wisdom of the proverb. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. That's why. Oh, my, my beloved, I love you so much, and I don't want you to suffer harm. Wise up, wake up, look up. That's why. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Ephesians. If you'd like to learn more about the Apostle Paul's letter, we encourage you to continue reading ahead. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truths and promises contained in its verses to you. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. on this book by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Listen online or download these teachings to have available anytime. We've created a mobile app for Apple and Android devices too, so you can take Pastor J.D.'s teachings with you on the go. Download from your app store or find a link at inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out the Mideast Prophecy Update. 
Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies of the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in His Word. If you'd like to catch the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update, visit our website and click on the YouTube link. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come be a part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. We'd love to have you join us as we praise the Lord and learn from His Word. Find out more at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. That's all we have time for today. Pastor J.D. will have much more to share with us from Ephesians when you join us again right here on In Spirit and Truth Radio. Holy me to 